and welcome to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Dozella and myself, Sonny, them talk about the stories and social issues that are affecting society today, and it tends to be a lot of different types of stories that are playing out on the global scene nowadays, and we're going to talk about some of those. And Dan, I thought, first off, if you recall the Oscars, Chris Rock was the the host of the Oscars, and he was doing a, a joke, a monologue, and he was talking about, I guess, you know, different movies, and he happened to mention G.I. Jane 2, and then he looked at Jada Pinkett Smith and said something like, you know, you will be great for that uh, role, or we look forward to you in that movie. Now, G.I. Jane 2 isn't happening, but what he was referring to was the movie G.I. Jane, in which Demi Moore um, was the lead character, and she was a, a female soldier that wanted to be a Navy SEAL, and through the course of her training, shaves her head off, or her hair off, so she just has like a bald head. Well, Jada Pinkett Smith has no hair. Apparently, she suffers from propecia or some kind of baldness, which a lot of people didn't know at the time. But anyways, and so he makes, Chris Rock makes this joke about G.I. Uh, Jane 2 starring Jada Pinkett Smith. And, you know, if you think about it, there's a bit a bit of comedy there in that, you know, with the uh, Demi Moore shaving her head and Jada Pinkett Smith shaving, shaving her head or having no hair and that correlation. Well, Will Smith took exception to it, and so he walks up on stage screaming at Chris Rock, smacks him, slaps him, the slap heard around the world, and then it all went from there. So recently, Will Smith, I guess it's been like three months now or something, so Will Smith came out with an apology. I guess from what I understand, he tried to reach out to Chris Rock specifically, but apparently Chris Rock isn't ready to talk about it yet or talk to Will Smith yet because Will Smith makes reference to it in a clip I want to play for you. And so I thought maybe we could start the show with uh, talking about Will Smith, the apology, get into a little bit about forgiveness, the importance of forgiveness, and that issue as we get going on the show. That sounds fantastic, Sean. I'm looking forward to hearing the clip. All right, so this is Will Smith in his apology. Now, it was a taped apology. I guess some people had sent in some questions, and so he was responding to some questions about the incident and so forth. And so this is the apology part, and this is part one. I broke it down into kind of two different clips that we can use for the show. But here's the first one that actually is the specific apology. So I will, I will say to you, uh, Chris, I apologize to you. Uh, my behavior was unacceptable, and I'm here whenever you're ready to talk. Um, I, I want to apologize to Chris's mother. I saw an interview that Chris's mother did, and... You know, that was one of the things about that moment. I just didn't realize and, you know, I wasn't thinking, but how many people got hurt in that moment. So I want to uh, apologize to Chris's mother. I want to apologize to uh, Chris's family, uh, specifically Tony Rock. You know, we had a great relationship. You know, Tony Rock was my man. Um, and uh, this, this is this is probably irreparable. So, Dan, there's the apology portion of what his comments were and your thoughts on that. Well, you know, I have just kind of a wide range of thoughts on it, son. You know, 
to begin with, you know, Chris Rock, of course, um, did seem to, you know, go into an area that is typically pretty taboo. I mean, to be making fun of someone, um, because like in this case, if she had an issue with um, hair loss, uh, you know, that just typically is not seen um, even in, in you know, comedy um, generally is, is being very uh, acceptable. So he, he he stepped way over the line with that. Now, you know, Will Smith, of course, took it to a whole new level in terms of the degree of his response. And it, it kind of shows just how far we can go um, when we're not uh, living a life of self-control. I mean, you know, who does that? Who, who goes up in front of millions of people? And, and slap somebody like that. So, so I mean, obviously, everybody knows, uh, I think, that that was just a terribly wrong thing to do. Um, you know, the apology definitely needed to happen. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting he used the word unacceptable. Now, whether he's, he's only saying that much for legal purposes or what, but I think that, that word barely begins to touch upon just how inappropriate um, it was. I mean, for him to just, you know, say it was unacceptable and then to start talking about the other people who were affected. I mean, I think he could have spent more time on just the outrageous nature um uh, just how bad it really was. And maybe he doesn't want to do that again for, you know, legal reasons. Um, I mean, because let's face it, I mean, there were people saying he should be charged with assault and, you know, you could make a case for that, but um, you know, the apology itself, you know, I mean, who, who are we to question anyone's apology or their sincerity? Um, you know, as Christians, we, we definitely um, all uh, need to be able to go to God and, and, and confess our sins and apologize to God for what we We've done and and trust Jesus to forgive us because we, we we'd be in a a boatload of hurt if if we didn't have God's forgiveness. So um, you know, anytime somebody is genuinely sorry, um, you know, we we, we certainly are, are thankful for that, and it's needed in human relationships. It's needed in our relationship with God. But I, I guess I just wasn't, um, you know overly impressed with the the degree to which I, I still don't know if Will Smith really, really gets it uh, in terms of just, maybe he does, but just how far out of bounds this was. And that's not for me to say. And, and so I'm certainly not calling his apology into question. I'm just saying I, I would have thought it would have been even a little more, um, intense than that. But again, you know, he's probably got lawyers telling him, you know, what to say, what not to say. And, and, uh, uh, the whole thing is just pretty, you know, pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's always hard to, to tell with celebrity types because you have managers, you have, you know, publicists, you have lawyers, everybody with their hand in the pot. And so, yeah, it's hard to, to determine sincerity over, you know, what he was told to say and, and the presentation by which he presented it. But knowing Will Smith from other clips and other things that he's done in his life, you know, I think there is a, a level of sincerity there. But I, I want to ask you this because I've sat on uh, many sermons and in many conferences mm-hmm. and stuff where there's always the debate over saying I'm sorry versus mm-hmm. I apologize. Is that just nitpicking when it comes down to that? Is there a difference between saying, I'm sorry, will you forgive me, versus I apologize for what I've done? 
You know, I've never really thought about much of a distinction between, I guess, those two words, son. You know, I, I do think that what's so critical with any uh, genuine sorrow is that a person is completely committed to going in the opposite direction. You know, I think about the proverb in the Bible that says, whoever conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. So whether it be a person confessing their sin to God, uh, which is, of course, the most important uh, thing to do, or confessing your your uh, where you've sinned against someone else, as Will Smith did against Chris Rock, um, that it's not enough to just say the words or to quote unquote confess it, you know, verbally, but in your heart to renounce that thing. But in terms of any distinction between I apologize and I'm sorry, um, I've never really thought about much of a difference between the two. Uh, you know, I, I think that, again, the key is what's going on in the heart, regardless of the words uh, maybe that a person is using. Um, I don't know. Are you uh, what's kind of the difference maybe that you've wondered about with those two words? Well, no, I've just heard that, you know, throughout growing up in the church and being a part of church ministry and so forth, that there people believe that saying I'm sorry is more genuine and more real. And when you apologize, it's more of a corporate blanket statement. Like, you know, you're not really sorry for what you've done. Like for like in this case, for example, okay, Will Smith apologizes to Chris Rock. He apologizes to mom and dad. He apologizes to all the people out there that were affected by it. So he apologizes that that behavior affected them versus I'm sorry for my actions that were completely wrong. And that's where the the difference to me in a way comes from. But that's why, again, I've asked you, is that nitpicking or is there a significant difference? Yeah, no, I don't think you're nitpicking, son. I mean, as I'm thinking about it, as you're as you're explaining that, I I can definitely see where um, I do think that a person saying I'm sorry, it, it does seem much more personal, and 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 I apologize just doesn't quite carry that same um, personal touch, and it, it it could be done in some cases, like you say, more of a a corporate apology or an official apology. So yeah, I I think you're onto something there as far as the word, you know, just saying, I'm sorry. Um, you know, that, that's hard for, um, you know, human beings sometimes to say, and, and I do think Will Smith is sorry for what he did now. Um, you know, that's between him and, and God and, and, and him and Chris Rock. <laughs> but I guess the world, you know, kind of feels like now we're all involved because it was witnessed by everybody. You know, I mean, how many people have one of their worst moments, you know, broadcast, you know, around the world. But at the same time, you know, everybody recognizes that was his choice. Uh, but but I do think, Son, one of the many things that, um, you know, a person could maybe take away from that is all of us are susceptible to losing control, uh, be it of our anger, uh, be it with some, you know, temptation, some addiction. Um, I mean, when we are out of control, 
You know, and God, God helps people to have self-control when we bring our sin to Christ and trust in him and the Holy Spirit, you know, helps us greatly. But when we're out of control, um, we're, we're able to do, you know, a whole host of things. You know, I, I, I think about people, son, who are, um, you know, under the influence of alcohol, you know, people will do things or drugs, you know, but just think alcohol, what it, what it leads people to do sometimes. And, and that's what sin in general does. It, it, it leads people to just not be living in the moment with with their full awareness of right and wrong and what God wants and what would be a good thing to do in this situation and there are all sorts of factors that can that can place a person out of control I mean maybe it's pride maybe they're famous and and you know I think all of that probably went into Will Smith's deal because here he is I mean he kind of feels untouchable I mean you, you look at the guy I mean the millions and millions of dollars that he's worth and that he's made in all these movies and, 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 you know, so many people love his acting. Um, but you know, he got so high and maybe he was literally high that night. I haven't really heard. I mean, you know, had he, had he been drinking, had he been doing any drugs? I mean, it, it's kind of hard to fathom that a guy who, um, you know, you, you would think, you know, is, is a pretty smart guy to, to, to be where he's at. Um, it's kind of hard to fathom that, that you could lose that much control in the moment. But, but then again, and one thing we haven't even touched on, Son, is, you know, many have said, well, hey, you know, he was standing up for his wife and, and all of that. I mean, that part of it, um, you know, we we certainly respect, you know, any love he might have for his wife. It is a kind of ironic, though, isn't it? Because, um, you know, he and his wife have made so much news in recent years and maybe not just so recently, but be, be, because, you know, they they came out. So we have an open marriage and, you know, so we, we, we see other people and, and that kind of adds another um element to this whole thing, son, because it's like, you know, maybe, maybe did, did Chris Rock feel like, well, hey, you know, um, if you don't mind, you know, your your wife sleeping with somebody else and you guys kind of have that arrangement, um, I can probably get away with a little bit of, jo- you know, a little joke. So even that just adds a whole other little interesting twist to it. Um, and again, not to justify anything that Chris Rock did. I, I don't think that was right at all. Um, but um, I, I love the way that you're picking up on this story, Son, and having us just think about and talk about uh, and let the listeners uh, to the podcast think about, you know, where does confession of sin come in? Where does forgiveness come in? Where does self-control come in? I think it's all so related to our daily life. Yeah, that was part of the criticism that uh, Will Smith received was you're upset that Chris Rock makes a joke about your wife. And so you slap him for it. But yet then you've got, I guess, apparently, allegedly, supposedly other guys sleeping with your wife. What's the deal? And so that was, I think, part of the whole confusion that really kind of escalated everything, too, is why is this guy acting out at the Oscars when it's, you know, supposed to be a fun night? And and even though the joke may have been inappropriate and, you know, some people didn't think it was inappropriate. So I guess you have to depend on that level, too. So I guess there's just many layers to it. But what I want I want to do is play the second part of it. And um, so that was his first part of the uh the apology, and then this was the second part. Where he goes into a little bit more detail about uh, about the actions of that night. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent the last three months um, replaying and understanding the nuances and and the complexities of what happened in in that moment, um, and. 
I'm not going to try to unpack all of that right now, but I can say to all of you, there is no part of me that thinks that was the right way to behave in that moment. There's no part of me that thinks that's the optimal way to handle a feeling of disrespect or, or insults. Is it complex? Are there nuances that go into something like that? You know, great, great question, son. I, I was thinking the exact same thought. You know, in fact, um, as that was playing, I, I quickly type in the word nuance because I just wanted to see once again, what is the official definition? Uh, it, it's, a, it's a subtle difference in or shade of meaning. So a subtle difference. Um, I, I, I guess I had not thought about that slap heard around the world in any way as being nuanced. It, it was about as um, abrasive and, and direct. There was no nuanced uh, element to it whatsoever. Um, and, and as far as any complexity to it, uh, you know, here here's the thing, Son, and it does tie into their open marriage, okay? Um, when we are um, living according to the flesh and not the spirit, um, when we are following the desires of the flesh and not the spirit, um, and, and, you know, the only way to follow the desires of the spirit is to be born again through faith in Jesus, have the Holy Spirit come live within you and then seek to live by the spirit. Now, of course we fall short of that, but we're, we're seeking to please the spirit, be led by the spirit We're we're indwelt by the spirit. But when we're in the flesh and that can happen to a Christian too, um, when you're just yeah, you know, giving into that sin the way that King David did when he, um, you know, lusted after Bathsheba and he committed adultery with her and then had her husband murdered by putting him on the front line of battle. So he was definitely in the flesh. Well, Will Smith was in the flesh that night. Now, is Will Smith a Christian or not? That's not for me to say. That would be for him to say. Um, but, but regardless of whether he is or he isn't, and, and that would be, like I say, he would have to, um, you know, tell us if, if, if Jesus is his savior or not. And, but, but he was in the flesh. Um, and here's the other thing, son. Um, if a person says I'm a Christian, but then they openly live and promote something like open marriage. Okay. You know, or if a person says I'm a Christian, but I promote adultery, I'm a Christian, but I promote homosexual behavior. I'm a Christian, but I promote gossip or lying or stealing. Okay. Um, the Bible then kind of goes time out. All right. Time out. Um, those two things are not compatible. Okay. So choose one or the other. Kind of like in the Old Testament, you know, choose this day who you will serve. When we get to the New Testament as well, son, the two things that are not compatible are, oh, I'm a Christian. Uh, by the way, I promote X, Y, and Z sin sins, you know. No, I endorse X, Y, and Z sins. Um, no, those are not compatible. No, doesn't mean Christians aren't sinners. We're all sinners. Uh, but to promote sin, which obviously Will Smith and his wife have done with open marriage, that's not compatible with Christianity. Now, that's not judging them. What that's doing is judging their words, and we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to judge words and say, you know, you know, like if somebody says, I'm a Buddhist, I'm going to judge those words and say, you know what, I think he's a Buddhist. If somebody says, I like the Denver Broncos, I may judge his words and say, you know, I think that guy's a Denver fan. If somebody says, I'm for open marriage, okay, 
I'm going to judge those words and say, well, you know, God gave you free will. You can choose open marriage, but that's not consistent with Christianity. Well, I'm a Christian who chooses open marriage. No, that's not consistent. Well, I'm a Buddhist who is also a Mormon, and I'm also a Muslim, and I'm also a Christian, and I'm also a Hindu. We would judge those words and say, well, they're not compatible. They're, you know, they're, they're, they are contradictory with one another. Now, you could be one of those. In some cases, you might even be able to be two of those or three of those. But, but Christianity is exclusive, not by a Christian saying it, but by what Jesus himself said, where he said, no one comes to the Father except through me. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. So I'll just say, Son, that, you know, you asked, was that a very nuanced uh, thing that Will Smith did? It, it Not only was the slap not nuanced, neither was their declaration that they're in an open marriage, which they're very much entitled to be. But um, I would simply say, and I would say this to anybody, son, if I was counseling someone and, and they said, hey, you know, I'm interested in Christianity, but, you know, uh, I'm really into adultery or I'm really into homosexuality or I'm, I, I'm really into holding grudges against other people. You know, or I'm really into, you know, prejudice, you know, hating people because of the color of their skin. You know, any of those things I'd say, well, you know, um, God is going to and he is he's, he's commanding you to repent of those things. And I say, well, I don't want to repent. I just want to be a Christian. You say, well, okay, um, Christianity isn't something that Christians invented. You know, I mean, all we can do is tell people what the Bible says a Christian is. Imperfect people, yes. Forgiven people, yes. People who promote sin uh, openly endorsing it, no. That's not, you know, in fact, the New Testament son says, um, everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Now, if you're out promoting adultery or promoting gossip or promoting prejudice, you're not turning away from wickedness. So we are to judge those words. We can't judge somebody's heart, but we are to judge definitions and words. Otherwise, son, nothing in life would make any sense. You know, if a police officer pulls somebody over and, and he says, I kind of smell alcohol on your breath. And, you know, have you been drinking? And you say, well, I had a few. Okay, he's going to judge your words. That doesn't mean he's judging you as a person. That doesn't mean he's condemning you to hell or necessarily even condemning you to jail. But he does have the right to um, detain you. He does have the right to arrest you. He does have the right to do what under the law he is he is called to do. And, And if that can happen, son, here in the earthly realm. How much more can God hold a person accountable for their sins? So, Son, that's a very, very long answer. Was that very nuanced on his part, that slap? Um, no, that, that's not a word that I would associate with, uh, with the slap heard around the world. Yeah, you mentioned judging somebody by their words. You know, when it comes to the religious world, it's hard for people to really understand that. What I mean is you mentioned the Denver Broncos and you mentioned those other religions. And if you believe a certain religion, but yet your words are counter to that religious belief, um, it's like this. Okay, if you're a Husker fan and you say you're uh, uh, root for the Huskers, but yet Oklahoma comes to town and you show up to the game wearing Oklahoma gear. Everyone knows that 
you saying you're a Husker fan isn't very credible because you're wearing Oklahoma gear cheering for Oklahoma. Or if you're Good example. or if you're a USC fan and you root for UCLA, if you're a Yankee fan, you root for the Red Sox, if you're a Giants fan in San Francisco and you root for the Dodgers. So when you bring it to the sports world, if you say you're yeah. rooting for a certain team, but then your actions or you say you're a fan of a certain team, but then your actions and your words at the game prove otherwise, it's gonna be obvious that people will sit there and say, No, I don't think you're truly a Husker fan because you're rooting for the other team. Now there might be a certain exception. You know, but again, you know, maybe, you know, somebody on the other team, whatever. But but the point is, is that it's easy to understand in the sports world that if you say one thing, I believe this, but do something and promote things that are counter. Everyone knows it's either going to be, oh, you're not really a true fan. You're a hypocrite, whatever. And so but when we get into the religious world, the Christian world. It gets mm-hmm. all muddy, and people want to blur those lines, and they don't see how easy it is, just like in the sports world, that if you believe that you're a Bible-believing Christian, and mm-hmm. yet you are espousing truths that are contrary to biblical principles, yeah, there's mm-hmm. probably an issue somewhere in there as far as your uh, belief system and your Christianity. Well, absolutely, Son. And, you know, we live in a day, as we all know, where many people are choosing to play fast and loose with definitions. Many people are choosing to come up with their own definition, regardless of um, DNA or science, you know, in the case of gender. Um, you know, you, you, you can say, well, I'm a male. But if you're a female, you're a female. You can say I'm a female. But if you're a male, you're a male. Um, God made you, you know, one or the other. Um, we, 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 we live in a day where people are told that they can basically say who they are and um, identify as whoever they want to be. But, but you know, that doesn't change reality. Um, you know, when Will Smith and Jada Pinkett, um, you know, promote uh, open marriage. That doesn't make them bigger sinners than, than any of us. Okay. I mean, we're all sinful. Here's what it does though. It moves their own profession of life and faith outside of Christianity in the same way that so-called Christian denominations today that officially endorse homosexual behavior or officially endorse abortion. Okay. What they're saying by their um, endorsement is is, is that um, we're not really a Christian group, even though they might claim to be. Now, right away, somebody's going to say, okay, because I can hear it already. And, and, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people feel this way. They say, wait a minute. I've known so many judgmental Christians. They're worse than those, than those churches that use those labels that, that don't match the Bible. And to that, son, you and I would say, amen, absolutely, anyone who's ever been truly judgmental, and there have been plenty of people, both professing believers and unbelievers. Anytime somebody is judgmental, to look down on someone else and put yourself above them, okay? That is a very ugly thing to do. I mean, the Pharisees did that with Jesus all the time. Um, they put Jesus down all the time. The religious leaders of the day thought he was of the devil. And they even claimed as, as, as much, but they were completely wrong. 
Um, they were blaspheming the Son of God. They were judging Jesus, the ultimate judge. You know, the Bible says we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So they'll be in for a real awakening when they stand before Jesus one day, the very one they judged. But going back now to these judgmental professing Christians. Yes, there are plenty of people who, uh, in their religious zeal, have been very, very judgmental. Um, some of them have been genuine believers who've been in the flesh, out of control, um, very um, just um, ungodly in, in, that, in that thing they're doing. Others have been people who are saying they're Christian. But they're really not, because in fact, the Bible says if anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. So what it boils down to, says, you know, are, are these judgmental people, are, is that a way of life for them? Um, if so, it, it's very possible that they're living in hatred and they're not Christian at all, even though they might claim to be Christian. Um, now, on the other hand, they might be an immature Christian who really needs to grow a lot in love. They're in the kingdom of God through faith in Jesus, but at times they're still very critical and judgmental of others. So we have to determine, are we talking about a believer or not? But I, but I simply would, would want to note that those who want to just fall back on in their mind, well, you know, they're judgmental Christians, so forget the whole thing. I'd say, I'd say time out, time out. Um, do you really want to rest your soul on that argument. Do you really want to go to your grave and stand before Jesus one day and hope and believe that just because there were some judgmental people, um, whether they were real Christians or not, only God knows in each particular case, do you really want to go to your grave and somehow hope that their behavior, their judgmental behavior is going to in any way rescue you from your sins? When you stand before the judge, so that's the deception, son, that, that, that people, we all would be susceptible of falling into. Well, you know, Will Smith is such a terrible sinner. I'm glad I'm not like him. Well, you know, don't focus too much on Will Smith. Uh, how about you? How do you stand with God? You know, uh, are you going to be welcomed into heaven one day? Are your sins forgiven? Are you willing to say to God today, wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood and turn to him? So, you know, it, it's a real danger for any of us to get so caught up in somebody else's behavior. Well, look, there's an adulterer. There's a uh, homosexual offender. There's a liar. Oh, there's a celebrity slapping somebody, you know, uh, on stage. I mean, whatever it is. But, but you know, at the end of the day, Psalm, we need to look in the mirror and say, is that a perfect person I'm looking at? Is that a sinner? And if it's a sinner I'm looking at, then I better focus a lot more on what God has done for me in sending his son to be my savior and, and, and why I am just so blessed to be forgiven. I better be focusing a whole lot more on that than on the sins of others, because if I'm focusing too much on the sins of others, I'm going to become proud. I'm going to become judgmental. And you know, son, I'll leave it at this. Just like there are plenty of judgmental people who profess to know Christ, okay? Um, there are also plenty of judgmental unbelievers who put down those judgmental professing believers. So, and they, But they don't see that, you know, many people. Just like the judgmental professing believers, they, they don't see what they're doing is wrong. So also those who, you know, criticize the, the judgmental people. They don't see that what they're doing is just as wrong. 
You know, so we're all, we're all in the same boat. We all have a tendency to judge others. We all have a tendency to judge Will Smith. We all have a tendency to, to be in the flesh. And we all need Christ and his forgiveness. So there's a lot, I think, to be learned in this incident, this, this, uh, this event between Chris Rock and Will Smith. Dan, the other thing I wanted to talk about was um, this, I guess it was an advertising campaign. I'm not exactly sure exactly what it was, but it became a story about Addison Ray and this blasphemous bikini. Now, Addison Ray, from what I understand, is a TikTok star. And a friend of Kim Kardashian. I think that's her claim to fame. I don't think she's done anything else. Obviously, she's a young, good-looking woman, so you get that on TikTok, and you're going to naturally be a superstar. Well, she wears this, uh, there's this ad or this picture, and it had her wearing a, uh, a white bikini, and the bikini top covering each body part had father and son, and then the bottom, uh, the bikini bottom had Holy Spirit. And then, like, wrapped around her shoulder is the word praying. And she's promoting, I guess, this bikini from Adidas. And so um, a lot of people calling it blasphemous. A lot of people saying that, uh, you know, what she did was wrong. And then, of course, others are calling the people who say it's blasphemous, you know, overreacting and so forth. So when it comes to that whole thing, when someone is sitting there and actually doing that, is that blasphemous i mean is it blasphemous from the point that addison ray if i was to guess and i don't know but if i was to guess based on what you said someone's actions someone's words you know what we just had the conversation about will smith about i would guess that she probably doesn't have a religious conviction for jesus um but anyways if she does obviously what she did is wrong if she doesn't and doesn't believe in Christ, doesn't believe the Bible, has no religious convictions whatsoever, is that something that's just to be expected from a non-believer that just doesn't think twice about what Jesus did for her on the cross? Or is it something that we should take really seriously as a believer, even from somebody who might not be a Christian? You know, Son, um, I, I would I would invite people to maybe think about it this way. Think, for example, if you start with a religion outside of, of Christianity, a, a different world religion, Islam, and, and we know that for Muslims, that when other people use the name Muhammad in a way that they don't agree with, there can be very serious consequences for that. And and, and that's dealing with, with a with a different religion. They they would consider that to be um you know one of the greatest sins you could commit, I suppose. When we move things then into the realm of truth, of Christianity of the God of the universe who consists of three persons in one God who has revealed himself to us, who has given us uh, his name, who has shown us that he is three persons in one God to, to take God's name. Um, you know, people take the Lord's name in vain, son, when they use it as a curse word, when they, when they speak the Lord's name, uh, as, as profanity. Um, and, and that is a horrible sin to, to use the Lord's name in that profane way. I would say that what, what she is doing, either knowingly or unknowingly, 
is that she is blaspheming the name of God by using it, by using God's name in a very irreverent, profane way. I, I'm not suggesting that, um, you know, that, that it's a sin for a woman to wear a bikini. Um, you, you know, that that's for each person to decide what they're going to wear and where they're going to wear it. Um, I'm not suggesting that it's a sin for a woman, let's say at the beach, you know, to wear a bikini or whatever. I mean, that, that's just, uh, you know, those are personal decisions that people make. Um, I mean, we, we know that Christians are called, uh, to modesty. And, and so, you know, that, that would be, that would be an important thing, um, to remember whenever we're, um, going to be around any other people, but, you know, to put the name of God, on to not not just an article of clothing because you know son many people do that there are many people who wear christian t-shirts with a great message on it i mean if, if somebody for example son had a t-shirt on and it said father son and holy spirit um I don't know of anyone who would consider that blasphemous or profane. I, I think most people, I know I would just kind of look at that like, well, you know, they're, they're celebrating the God of the universe. Um, it doesn't really seem to be, you know, making a, 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 another point. It doesn't really seem to be quoting a Bible verse, but it does seem to be, you know, focusing on, on who God is. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't see anything inappropriate with that, but, but by putting it on a bikini, and, 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 and when you're covering, you know, the only body parts you're covering are your private body parts that are, that are supposed to be the most modest. Okay. When you're covering those body parts, um, like I say, rather than like a, a, a coat or a shirt or maybe even, you know, I mean, you know, I don't know, like pants, if you had it like on the side of your pant leg, like I wouldn't know what that would really be all about. But, um, but when you put it there on a bikini like that, I think most people who know the God of the universe, at least, and, and, and others as well, probably, um, are going to say, you know, that seems profane. That seems blasphemous. That's, that is inappropriate. Um, that is taking God's name and, and doing something with it that is not, it's, it, it's not worthy of the Lord. Um, I mean, God loves us. Christ died for us. And so you're going to go out with nothing else on, but, but, but three articles or, you know, really two, I mean, your top and your bottom, I guess. Um, but with the three names covering your private areas. Yeah. I, son, I, I, I don't see anything in that that could ever bring glory to the Lord just because of the nature of it and, and, and because of it being used. And again, not, I, I'm not saying, you know, necessarily that it, it, it's because, um, you know, you're, you're, you're wearing a bikini per se. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, you know, bikinis are evil or something like this, you know, or women who wear bikinis are sinning or something like that. I, I'm not saying that. Okay. Um, but, but what I am saying is the way that that is done seems very flippant. Um, seems just, you know, trying to get a laugh because yeah, that's really what it seems like. Son. It doesn't seem like it's something like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm, you know, here promoting God. You know, it, it seems like I'm here mocking God. I'm here making fun of God. I, you know, it's kind of like what we've heard sometimes with maybe Madonna or others in the media or, or musicians who've made fun 
of of the Lord in, in some of their songs. So so that's what how this strikes me, and I think it would strike most people as, as something that is not in any way reverent. Because God deserves reverence, and his name is holy. And when you use his name in a way that looks like you're mocking him, which is how this looks to me, um, then I would say, yes, that's, that's blasphemous. Um, that is, is, is completely inappropriate. And, and I hope and pray that, you know, she'll, um, you know, decide to, to, uh, to not do that anymore. Yeah, you mentioned Madonna. I mean, it started out this kind of sexualizing Christianity, sexualizing God for maybe shock value. Started, like you said, with maybe artists like Madonna, where it's kind of innocent with her song Like a Prayer. And then it kind of over the years has evolved into more things where recently some artist, I don't even remember who the dude was, had this video where he was apparently in a dream state or something where he's in heaven, but then he like slides down to hell on a stripper pole and then ends up giving Satan a lap dance. And it's like, these people have no idea what they're doing or what they're dealing with. And, and just the ramifications that are going to come from that, not only in this world, but also in the next, if they don't realize what they've done was wrong, but it's almost like people are just accepting it. You know, we've gotten to a place in society. I want to play one clip for you. It was a comedian and she's on stage very innocently talking about how she's like has the vaccine and she's traveled all over the world and she never got sick. And then all of a sudden she says, you know, so Jesus loves me the most. And then she right away passes out, faints. And a lot of people start laughing, thinking it was a part of her act. But then the clip follows up with her in the hospital after she passed out. And so this is the clip. And I thought maybe just talk about how? Because it started, you know, with the Beatles and, you know, that whole thing about did or did not Beatles say they were more popular than Jesus, John Lennon. It's kind of started there. And then this celebrity Jesus, you know, Christian religion songs, you know, blasphemy started kind of trickle down from there. But here was uh, live on stage, this comedian that passed out after kind of mocking Jesus in a way. I don't mean to brag. I don't care. But I want you to know double vaxxed booster flu shot and i'm gonna be honest i have the shingle shot too and i still get my period what yes traveled went to mexico twice did shows meet and greets never got covid clearly jesus loves me the most seriously so nice so nice Um, so I'm in the emergency room. I look weird. Oh my God. I'm so, 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 so sorry. I passed out on stage. I got up. I did one joke and I felt so dizzy. You can see my eye. I fell on my eye. Oh my God. I can, I cannot believe this happened. I feel so terrible that they had to tell everyone to leave and then cancel the second show. A Tempe, I will be back. I Dan, coincidence or God's immediate judgment? Yeah, you know, isn't that interesting, Son? I mean, it's kind of hard to see that there's, or to think that there's not a connection. That would be my my tendency and assumption would, to, would be to think 
there is some sort of connection between the two. Now, you know, only God knows for sure. Um, what we do know as Christians is that um, that was a very irreverent thing uh, to say about Jesus. So was that then God immediately stepping in and, um, you know, uh, bringing this about in her life? Uh, was it perhaps her opening up the door to um, to Satan to just, you know, mess with her? Um, you, you know, because the sound, when, when people dabble, for example, I'm not saying this is that, but when people dabble with the occult, for example, um, they open doors in the spiritual realm to be oppressed by the devil. Um, so if somebody's messing around with a Ouija board and they continue that rather than, you know, repenting of that and stopping that, you are open up your life uh, to demons. You're opening up your home to demons. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, an argument could be made that just like when the Bible says, if you go to bed at night angry, being written to Christians now, if you go to bed at night angry, holding a grudge, you give the devil a foothold. Okay. That's to believers. So I, I'm not suggesting she's a believer. I don't know anything about her, 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 her faith life, but, um, you know, whether she would claim to be or not, um, I don't know what's in her heart, but that was a very irreverent thing to say. So did she give Satan an opportunity there to mess with her? Was it God just, you know, we don't always know, son. I mean, you know, we don't always know when, when, when certain things happen, you know, is that God's judgment? Is that God's discipline? Is that Satan getting in there? But your question really just was, you know, was that a coincidence? And my my guess is that it was related to what she said. Um, it could have been a coincidence, I, I suppose. Um, uh, but, but I will say this, though, son. If she were, let's say, to be a believer, then I say there's no doubt that it was not a coincidence. Because for believers, son, um, when things like that enter our life, they first have to go through the hand of God. Let me say that again. When things like that that are out of our control just come into our life, you know, a sudden thing like that, or or let's even say on something like this terrible traffic accident in Indiana with the congresswoman and, and uh, her assistants and like the four people, I believe it was, who, who died, um, you know, um, if that congresswoman was a believer. And, and, uh, you know, I think it was Kevin McCarthy. I read a quote about how she's gone home to be with, you know, her Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. So I haven't really read much about the story, but, but, um, you know, uh, let's just say she was a Christian. I have no reason to believe she wasn't. Okay. Um, I would say son, that that traffic accident that, that took her earthly life, um, it, it, it could not have reached her without first going through the hand of God. Now, you know, the real mystery that we want, then, then well, did, did Satan cause it? Uh, I, mean, I mean, I don't think about that as being something that, that God caused. And I know somebody might say, so wasn't that just a matter of semantics? And I, say, I, I don't really know that it is just a matter of semantics. Because I think about Job in the Old Testament. And, and I think about how, you know, Satan actually went to the Lord and said, yeah, Job is honoring you, worshiping you, but yeah, let some bad things happen in his life. And yeah, he'll turn on you. So the Lord gave Satan permission to bring some, some bad stuff into his life and, and pain, painful things to his body and death to his family and things. And, but the Lord said, you know, um, you can't take his life. So Satan, Satan initiated all these things. But in essence, they'd gone through the hand of God first. God, God allowed that to happen. Um, you know, and, and Job was one of the Lord's. 
so 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 you know this is getting into a, a long answer but like for this for this gal there on stage and then um you know having this this medical incident um was she a believer is she a believer was she a believer at the time if so then i would say that yeah god had had a had a part of that because um he allowed it to happen if if not even caused it to happen now if she's not um, well, or l- l- let me take, let me say one other thing with that son. Um, I, I should, I should say, put it this way. Um, I, I suppose we could add a third option if she's a believer. God allowed, you know, Satan to do that to her because she opened up a door. Um, you know, she opened up a door that she shouldn't have opened. And, and, and maybe God allowed Satan to cause the traffic accident. We don't know these things. You know, this is above our pay grade. We don't know the whys. Why was that allowed to happen? What, you know, what was God's role in it, really, if anything? What was Satan's role in it, if anything? But, but I, I, the reason I emphasize that with believers is, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, one of the many things that can bring you comfort is this, that um, when things come at you from the outside, okay, um, outside of your control, um, you can know as, as you are walking with the Lord, praying, trusting in the Lord, um, that it's not going to get to you unless it's first gone through the hand of God. And a lot of bad things happen to believers. A lot of Christians are martyred for their faith and suffer terrible persecution for their faith, especially in other countries of the world. Um, why does God that? Why does God allow that? People wonder. Well, why did God allow His own Son? To, to suffer and die on the cross for our sins. Um, you know, God's ways are higher than our ways. So when all is said and done, you know, whether her medical emergency was the direct result of what she said about Jesus, I, I tend to assume the two were, were connected because of the timing. But again, I think only the Lord, you know, would, would, would be able to tell us for sure. You know, the uh, Bible talks about and it becomes somewhat of a, at least in my experience uh, going through life, when it talks about, you know, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the only unforgivable sin. And a lot of people have a lot of varying opinions upon what that might mean. It means it could be where you just never repent of your sins, and on the day that you die, you're not saved, and therefore you're not going to heaven. Others say it could be things that you say or do on this, in this earth, could uh, could be blasphemy, you know, like wearing a bikini, for example, that has irreverent uh, messaging on it. Um, what would you say to somebody that is concerned about their, themselves not getting to heaven because they've blasphemed the Holy Spirit? What would you say to, to that and kind of clear up that confusion behind whether or not somebody actually did that or not? Yeah, if somebody was struggling with that, son, I think the first thing I might say to them is this. I'd say, hey, if you had blasphemed the Holy Spirit, um, you would not be right now worried about that possibility because you'd be so far gone um, that you wouldn't care at all about sinning against God or committing that sin. So I would say the very fact that you're worried about it is a very, very good sign that you didn't do it. Um, 
just make sure now that you call upon the Lord immediately. Um, what I like to invite people to pray, son, is wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood. You know, um, when we think about the Holy Spirit, I think about an article that we'll post tomorrow at the Christian Post um, that I wrote entitled Riding the Waves of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord has given me the privilege, son, of writing over 600 articles for the Christian Post. For anybody who'd like to check out some of the uh, the, very, the many different topics that I've written about on there, um, but I but I often am referring to the Holy Spirit. In fact, it was 10 years ago, son, this month, and I, I make note of that at the end of the article. I said for anybody who'd like to to check that out, I, I wrote an article 10 years ago in August entitled "How to Be a Spirit-Filled Christian." Uh, which I think people would find very interesting and, and hopefully, you know, helpful. But, um, I, I would just say, son, to those who might be worried, have I committed the, the, the unforgivable sin? Well, if you're concerned about it, um, I think you can take comfort in the fact that you haven't. Um, but, but just make sure now you immediately call upon the Lord, um, and just, just trust in the blood of Jesus and the cross of Jesus and the death of Jesus to forgive you and to forgive your sins, cling to the cross, ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, and then seek not to grieve the Holy Spirit by what you do, because the Bible tells us as Christians, do not grieve the spirit. And just like a boyfriend or girlfriend could, could offend one another, just like a husband and a wife can offend one another, just like two friends or two co-workers can offend one another, or two two uh, players on the same team. You know, I, I read this week, uh, there was some uh, lineman, I guess he's uh, trying out, or maybe he's on an NFL team, I think he's from Northern Iowa, he's one of the top linemen in the country, and I guess he'd ha- been in like two or three fights over a period of a few days, you know, so, you know, they weren't, they weren't getting along very well there with your, you know, with his, with his fellow teammates. And, um, you know, when you have offended someone, this brings us back to Will Smith and Chris Rock. Okay. Um, when you've offended someone, um, you, you, you know, it's very important to, to, to say that you're sorry and going forward for us as Christians now, son, that means that we try not to grieve the Holy spirit and, and maybe son, it's kind of interesting, kind of coming full circle with where, um, where we started today too. Um, perhaps you could compare in some ways the blasphemy against the the Holy Spirit to like what Will Smith did in hitting Chris Rock. It was interesting that he suggested that I think it was with maybe a family member of Chris Rock that he really has a good relationship with. He said maybe the damage is irreparable. Well, to compare that to the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, um, I would say this, Son, I'm very thankful that for every listener who is interested in Jesus and his forgiveness and going to heaven through Christ alone. Um, you don't have to worry about whether your sins are irreparable with God because they are repairable. They are forgivable. They are, you, you will be forgiven instantly. And if you're already a believer, you are forgiven instantly by the blood of Jesus, by what he uh, did for you on the cross. It was interesting this week, son, I was giving out some of these uh, Christian materials and 
it was especially interesting because I had just looked on my phone at um, like the, the article that popped up from the Christian Post was was this article about mental health and teenagers, and it showed some kids at a skate park. And I think the gist of the article was kind of about kind of meeting you know meeting youth where they're at, and if, if those have, you know those with mental health issues that that has to be addressed with people when you're trying to reach them for the Lord. So that was the point of it. Well, anyway, I happened to be right by an area where there was a skate park, and I ended up talking with two um, young men. One was twenty, named Zach or Zachary. And then the other was a nine-year-old friend who was with him. Um, but anyway, uh, it turns out Zach is from South Korea, um, had a, a difficult uh, you know, family life with the initial family he was with when he came here, but now he's been with another family. And and um, anyway, make a long story short, I was um, I gave him some of this material. And uh, and I asked him about it, um, and he said, "Oh, you already gave me that." You know, the other day I'd forgotten. I guess I'd run into him. Uh, I've been giving out a lot of that, and so I didn't recognize him. He said, "Yeah, you gave me that." You know, uh, whenever it was a few weeks ago or whatever. And I said, "Oh, have you been reading it?" He said, "Yeah, a little bit." He said, "I'm kind of thinking some more about Christianity." You know, and and he was raised in a Christian home, son. But anyway. Um, I said to him, you know, hey, you you could just say to Jesus, wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood. And I said, it's not an incantation. It's not magic. Because he said, now he said, is that like white magic? I said, no. I said, God doesn't operate in magic. Um, I said, it doesn't have to be those words per se, but it's just the idea that you're trusting in Christ to forgive your sins. And anyway, to make a long story short, son, he... um, you know, he, he, he sounded interested in, in, in uh, attending, um, you know, attending our church and so forth. So we'll see uh, if he might want to do that. But um, I, I hope that he really um, grows now in his understanding of Christ and his understanding, because the Holy Spirit wants to fill that young man, Zachary. The Holy Spirit wants to fill every listener to this podcast, on, and these celebrities that we've talked about. The Holy Spirit wants to fill them. And, and we're all, you know, we are all Will Smith. We are all out of control if left to ourselves. We are all capable, son, of many, many, many just bad uh, incidents that we would bring upon ourselves, like Will Smith did, apart from God's forgiveness and grace. And so who are we to judge? We can't look down on anybody. It'd be very wrong for us to do that. And, um, you know, we just have to be um, aware that that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit deserve, um, they deserve our praise and honor, our reverence, um, and, and taking the Lord's name in vain or doing other things that uh, are, you know, irreverent to the name of God. That's just a way of saying, hey, you know, um, I, I don't mind if the devil messes with me. I'll take my chances. Well, um, you know, it, it's those people, son, who on Judgment Day are looking back thinking, why did I listen why did I listen to my own natural thoughts? Why did I listen to the devil? Why didn't I accept Christ as my Savior? So I just hope every listener today, son, will consider accepting Christ, um, receiving him as Lord and Savior, and then going forth saying, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. You know, wash me, Jesus, with your blood. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, because I tell you what, son, there's nothing better than riding the waves of the Holy Spirit. Oh, there's a lot of other things you can ride. You know, you can ride alcohol, you can ride drugs. 
drugs. You can ride sexual lust. You can ride pornography. You can ride holding grudges. You can ride hatred. You can ride prejudice. You know what? But I'll tell you what, um, riding the waves of the Holy Spirit, bring the fruit of the Holy Spirit, um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And like Will Smith, when he, when he had to slap her around the world, son, when we're in the flesh, none of those things are present. But when we're in Christ, when we're walking with Christ, forgiven of our sins by his blood, by his death, and then being filled with the Holy Spirit, man, um, it's a great way to surf our way, you know, through this world, serving others, surfing with God on the waves, um, and, and then one day going to heaven. So um, I think these, uh, these uh, pop culture folks we've talked about today, son, um, there's a lot that we can think about uh, as, as we've seen today. And I look forward to, you know, our many more discussions about um, just what's going on in the culture and how does that relate to the spiritual world uh, and to Jesus Christ. This is Sanctified Reason, a podcast where Dan Dalzell and myself, Son Edom, talk about the stories and social issues that affect society today. And Dan, we appreciate your time today. You can, again, go to thechristianpost.com and type in his name in the search engine, uh, Dan Delzell, D-E-L-Z-E-L-L, and his articles pop up, and you can read more about uh, the things that he writes about. But Dan, we appreciate your time, and we look forward to, like you said, more conversations ahead. Thank you so much, Son. Hey, I'm sure looking forward to it. And for those of you listening, hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Check out our website at RadioWarp.com. That's RadioWARP.com. Click on the Sanctified Reason logo, and all of our shows pop up. Until next time, you have a great one, and God bless.